Welcome to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG game titled Avowed. This is a podcast for fans by fans. We're not affiliated with Obsidian in any way, and we promise we're not affiliated with the United Kingdom's Competition and Markets Authority either. Today, we're talking about our favorite moments from the Pillars of Eternity games and the world of Aeora. The truth is, I was afraid to want you. I didn't think the Watcher himself could be interested in me. When you think about it, how powerful you are compared to me, it doesn't hardly make any sense, does it? More than that, I don't just care for you. I want you, Watcher, for always. And we have quite a group joining us today, and I'll just go around the horn here and and see what everybody's been up to lately. If you've been playing a game, whatever else you've been doing, let us know. Uh, We'll start with Gingerino. Hey, what's up? Glad to be back. This is always fun. Um, I've been playing. Uh, it was the what is it? The recent Xbox Game Pass game, the the last case of Benedict Fox. I don't know if any of you heard of that one. I have. How is it? I I love it. I didn't really play a lot of Metroidvanias growing up, but I did play a few. So it's kind of I don't know. It's it's tickling tickling that little nostalgia kick that I want. And it actually, I like I like the aesthetic. I like the whole Lovecraftian thing. It's been a lot of fun so far. I've never heard of Plot Twist before, like the development studio for it. So interesting. And and so is it? So what kind of graphics? I don't. Even, I haven't even brought it up to look at it. Is this like an old school, or is it? So the last case of Benedict Fox is a two point five D. So everything's in three D, but you are still doing side scrolling. Gotcha. So and, the, so that's what you meant by Metroid. Yeah, and it's a Metroidvania in that sense. Um, you know, you're going back and forth, and as you unlock abilities, you can go into new areas of places that you have been before. Um, it's also kind of a detective puzzle, so like you pick up items that you then use to unlock other uh, certain things or figure out. There's a couple math puzzles in there, so be warned. Interesting. Well, that turns me off, but I might try it anyway. <laughs> how How far into it are you? I'm a few hours into it. I don't know how far that is because no one has. There's no report on how long to beat.com yet for how long the game is. Uh, I only play short games now because I'm a dad. Um, so games like this are hopefully my bread and butter. We'll see. Awesome, very cool, Kiwi. What have you been up to? Uh, I have been. Well, I've been. Well, I'm been. Continuing to raid in Rustled Lidskin Classic. Uh, and well, now a couple of days out of boredom, I've played Overwatch also. And what do you think of that? Uh, God forbid. <laughs> are, you buying, uh, are you buying the cosmetic bunny ears? No, I'm not putting money under that game. Uh, it's it's always a hassle and dreadful, but it's just a pastime. Uh, but I then outside gaming, I've been reading a lot of uh, classics, talking from the Greeks. Nice, good use of your time for sure. Um, parenthesis, what have you been doing? So uh, the remake to uh, Resident Evil 4 came out, and since I owned the Resident Evil 2005 PC version, I've been playing that one, albeit with an HD texture pack. And I can just say that for a about 15-year-old game, it really holds up well. It's, you can just go straight in if you install that texture pack, and everything looks fine, and it plays well. I can recommend it if you don't have the money to get the remake. 
That's not you're playing on PC, I assume, right? I'm playing on PC, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I've heard good things about it that they really have uh they 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 kind of um upheld, you know, the original development and didn't change it too much, but added a little bit to it to modernize it to make it uh really fit into the modern architecture of games. So I've heard good things. This is the original though, but but yes, I imagine so. Um, so Remoran, uh, other than being famous um, and appearing on the Gamertag Radio podcast lately, what else have you been doing? Uh, I have um, I built a brand new gaming PC. Oh, that had to hurt uh, your pocket. It did. I, I mean, I mostly top of the line. I got a forty eighty, not a forty ninety. But I'm I'm playing in fourteen forty p. I got I did buy an OLED fourteen forty p monitor though, so it was. Pretty expensive, but worth it because I did a Cyberpunk 2077 first time ever playing through it. Oh, on the on the new computer! Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. Guys, if you have not played or seen a video of Cyberpunk 2077 running in overdrive mode, full path tracing, it's crazy. That game looks ridiculous. Isn't it it bonkers? Crazy how good how good the game looks, and also, I mean, I've. To be fair, I waited until years of of you know updates and stuff to play it, but I think the game is really really good. I really liked it. Cyberpunk is a good game, and I will die on this hill. I'll try my GTX 970 on this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Best of luck. If anyone out there does want to try Cyberpunk on overdrive mode, you can subscribe to GeForce now because uh, their cloud gaming supports that. What? They're cloud gaming? You have to be like premium members, so you have to be paying for the membership. But uh, yeah, you can play, uh, I guess NVIDIA set up PCs all over the globe, and you can just kind of log into one remotely, like you play over the cloud with Xbox Game Pass. Uh, but they have souped up PCs, if you're, and especially if you're paying as a premium member, and some of them support overdrive mode for cyberpunk so you can play that even if you don't have a lot of money what's wild too what's wild too is i've been using my logitech g cloud my streaming um like switch like device where i stream to my local computer but play cyberpunk in overdrive mode i'm gonna send you guys a video that's insane i was showing this to my brother it's getting crazy. I feel like for the Benedict Fox games I mentioned, I play that on my break at work through my phone on Xbox app. It's wow. This technology is getting bonkers how good it is. Yeah, and I guess there we'll be hitting some news in a little bit where we kind of talk about why that's a big deal. Oh, this is you actually? Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um the I mean it's I, I can't even. I mean, you still have to have the base to play that, right? I mean, you have to have yeah. a computer to punch that through, but and it's on your own network, which is counts for the no lag and all that. But I assume there's not that much lag if if they've no tested latency. It. I, I I stream to my Xbox all the time, and uh, I get a little a little tiny bit of latency. But on my my PC, for some reason, it could be I, I got a Wi-Fi six card. I get zero latency. It feels like I'm playing locally. Yeah, that'll be it. Interesting. Well, that that's pretty awesome. So that I'm glad you're able to do that. Now you can pretty much play the cutting edge, and you'll get to play the expansion whenever it comes out. So which is pretty soon, I think. You know, and they yeah. said maybe by the end of the year. Yeah, I think they're going to have a. Uh, they're going to announce something in June. So hopefully they announce the date in June. 
Yeah, that would be nice. Um, so me, I've been actually, I've, I've been, I finished up. Well, I finished up as much as I'm going to finish up of Watchdog Legions. I mean, I, I, I that it's you, Ubisoft games are really ridiculous. The amount of time you can put into them, but <laughs> yeah, it's just insane. So anyway, I did that. I went back and did a a short playthrough of uh kind of a refresher of Zelda before the new one comes out in a month. Oh, um, yes. And uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild is amazing. So I enjoyed it. And then I actually dove into the new Minecraft game. Minecraft um, helped me out with the name. Legends. 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 Yes. Yes. So I I played that. I played that for like an hour on maybe not even an hour on the Xbox. Wasn't that it didn't feel right. So then I switched over to the PC and now I I love it. it. It just. I don't know, it's probably me, but it fits no, better. I have that the, happen with games all the time where you switch the platform, all of a sudden it just clicks. Yeah, it just it feels right. I'm I'm an old RTS guy anyway, even though it's really not an RTS, it's trying to be. Um, but it's fun. I'm enjoying the solo part of it and uh hopefully gonna, you know, maybe try to jump into some co-op pretty soon when my daughter comes home from college. So we'll see Aww. about that. But uh, it's fun. I like it. It's neat. It's a neat concept. They really, they really amped up the cute. They, uh, they, they made it accessible. I think it's accessible for new people to that kind of that RTS style genre. Um, and and it's really fun. I mean, there are a few limitations. There's a they kind of hold back on a few things, but I'm sure they're going to have expansions soon and all that. So, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who's listening: we're about to jump into what we actually came here to talk about today. Sorry, um, and that is uh, memories from uh, the world of Aora. Uh, memories from this wonderful set of games that we played. You know, Pillars of Eternity one, uh, Deadfire, uh, all the expansions. We have people here who've played through them, want to share some of their thoughts on their favorite moments. So there are going to be spoilers. So I will say that um, at this point, if you are still planning to play it and you haven't played it, turn off the podcast and go play it. Number one, please stop putting it off. It's great. You're going to love it. Wow. Um, keeping. I know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you just jump in. But if you're not going to and you just want to know more about the world because you're going to jump in with Avowed or if you've already played it and you're curious what some of these people have to say is their favorite their favorite moments, we're going to do those first and then we're going to jump into what some of you said on Reddit. Um, and then we'll hit maybe a couple if we have time. I know I wasted a lot of time, but we'll, we'll hit There's, some listener emails at the end. So be spoilers, though. So if yeah. you don't want to learn that the Watcher is his own mother, then you got to... Don't sure you tell don't him that. Look. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. And it, the grieving mother is act, actually Wodica in disguise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of those fringe theories, but it's out there. It's out there. I mean, come on. I feel um, like okay. if anyone was, uh, it would be wow. Wouldn't it? I mean, come on. Um, okay. So let's, let's jump in. I'm going to, uh, I'll start off with one of mine. How's that? That's, this is an easy one for me. So you guys know, I've talked about before how um, uh, I don't think it's a pop. Of course, most of the things I say are not popular, but um, one of my absolute favorite uh, characters is actually the the grieving mother, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and the, uh, the whole dream and memory quest line uh, for me I, I absolutely love it. I don't think I've seen many people talk about it at all on Reddit. I don't see anybody talking about her on Reddit. 
Um, uh, she's absolutely one of my favorites. You know, Durance is another. I'll talk about him later. Uh, but Grieving Mother is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you you have this. Uh, you must guide her through this like this quest line. I think there's like three or four uh, in the in the quest line. Um, the I think the dialogue is phenomenal. The the reveals are great. Uh, it's it's sad i think at certain parts it's just i just absolutely love it i wonder if anybody else had the same reaction from the grieving mother or the quest line you have to walk through uh for her character anybody else like it as much as i did i never recruited her oh, i remember dad. being very confused when i met her because she's like talking and then it's like, is she, is she a real person? It was very weird. I remember having, I don't rem like, cause I, I didn't do her quest line all the way through. Um, the first time that my first playthrough, I did finish it uh, eventually, but I remember talking to her and I remember thinking like, that's a very weird character, but I think it, it, it's that it was very, she's very unique in the way that she talks. And I don't know. It's very, very different. <laughs> Parenthesis, yeah. did you try her out? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought she was fine, but nothing did more you, than that. Did you go through and wipe her memory, or did you not follow through on the, the whole thing? Uh, I wiped her memory, but I thought that, I mean, I mean, Avalon had two, Chris Avalon had two uh, companions in that, and I think Durance came out far, far better than, uh, than the Grieving Mother. I liked the gimmick, but the problem is that her gimmick was that she wasn't noticed, and that just limits her interaction with everything. Yeah, that was my issue with her, too, is that she, like it was just you and her, which was interesting. But after a certain point, I was kind of like not getting, <laughs> not getting any banter with her, that kind of thing. So, yeah, my boy has very strong feelings about this. Well, you're right about the banter. You're definitely right about uh, I don't really remember any after that. I mean, it it's like I think she has one, one or two lines that she says over and over again. But um something i can't remember the line it was like um she keeps saying something after that it's like oh i think something's in the area or something i don't know it, but it is it is kind of after that i just like the idea of the wiping of the memory the whole concept of it the her story is fantastic yeah it's, it's so cool i just i love that that part of the story so that's me all right so let's move on uh, parenthesis give me what your uh memory is your favorite memory your favorite moment Something that you you just, just pop keeps popping in your head when you think about the games in the world. Well, it has to be the uh, Deadfire quest, uh, uh, the Man of Chimes, which is also Pelagina's uh, companion quest. Oh I yes, I really liked it. That you you learned something very intimate about Pelagina and her life, and it's not surprising. It's entirely in aligned with everything else you know about her. It, it's intimate. It's it's someone she's. Basically, she is looking for a animancer that that helped her tremendously in her past, and and and, it, and the, the quest goes places. And while it has something of a, at, at some point you encounter an NPC towards the climax, and and he just throws kind of trolley problem level philosophy questions at you, and you have to answer them in the correct way. But I just, I don't know why, but I keep I just keep recalling it because. It has this personal touch for my favorite companion of, of, of the series. 
I I think you hit on one big time because I agree with uh, definitely being a great companion. Um, I I just remember so much of Palagina, the banter and the uh, what was it that there was a point in there uh, where Adair. I'm trying to re- reach back and remember. Uh, it was Haravius and Palagina, um, in which he he asked. It's this is crude, but he he asked her if she's got feathers just downstairs too. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was a good one. That's so incredible, and she implies that she's you know she's going to eviscerate him if he tries to find out. You know, and he says, well, he he. He rather values his viscera, so it was just—it's funny. I I love that character for sure. I totally agree with you there, um, Kiwi. Do you have any, or does anybody want to comment on that one? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say I re- I remember really liking that quest as well, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I did hers, but I think it's implied that that animancer is the reason why she looks slightly more human than other godlikes. Because not, like he stopped it mid mid transformation or whatever is that right? It's not implied. She she literally says it. Uh, oh, okay, she, okay, she, yes. She lost a lot of feathers, and I think she said that the beak that was beginning to form fell off. So she would have looked far more inhuman if he had not come around. Yep, and I, th- I think that's so cool. That's a really cool idea, and it makes it makes her character so much more unique. Really like it. I think the imagination that goes into that is insane. I just, just a great character. Definitely. Um, Kiwi, do you have a favorite moment or a favorite memory from either pillars one or dead fire? I'm going to be meta here. And I'm going to say that my favorite thing about the game series is, is the iman- imaginative uh, mythology of it. How it like, uh, how it all came about and what kind of uh, dudes they have there. And of course, it it seems to me that they have taken a lot from uh, Eastern religions into that. Or of course, you also have this kind of a, a radical Jesus figure in Eothas. But um, I actually went. I actually, when I read the Roger Zelazny's book, Lord of Light, I'm, I'm like, wow, this is like literally uh, Pillars of Eternity. And then I asked Josh Sawyer the direct message in Instagram, and he said uh, they didn't use the book. And I'm, I think I'm not going to take that answer. I'm just going to hold on to my head, Canon. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. You responded. He tends to respond to my drunk messages. Yeah. <laughs> drunk, uh, drunk, uh, or alcoholic, uh, not alcoholic, alcohol, admiring people recognize each other, right? So there you go. Absolutely. A PC way to put that. Maybe. No, I agree. The mythology behind it is, is part of what kept me, uh, entranced as well i just i love i love it i love the story i love the imagination behind it um and the and the way that in my mind it's probably just me but the way that it kind of reflects uh, the society we're in and you can kind of trace it back to historical events and figures and it just it fits it's it's very intelligent the real world analogs uh, and metaphors that you can get from the game is fantastic exactly 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I agree with you 100 there, Kiwi. So let's move on to Rimuran. Do you have one? Do you have something that? that oh man, the little tidbit. I have so many. I I feel like can I have two? Yeah, you can, can have I, two. I have let's do one? it. Let's okay. do it. No, well, I'm gonna do one from one and one from two. Okay, uh, fair enough. From, from Poe two, I'll start with Poe two. The quest where you are, um, you have to help the animancers test the, uh, or the scientists you test. The, you take well, well, mind. hold on, hold on. No, because too late. You had your chance. <laughs> test Sorry. the uh, the teleporter. For me, it was the the whole reason why I I was inspired to make a Bleak Walker Paladin playthrough, like a bad guy playthrough. Because when you accidentally get transported into to Rimurgan's realm, and I remember the line, he says something like, like, tell the Animancers that they have failed and that they have drawn my gaze. And I thought that was so cool that I was like, oh, I want to make a bad guy playthrough who, in, in my mind, my, bleak, my pale elf bleak walker paladin was, was uh, 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 religious and, and he worshipped Rimurgan and, and was obsessed with, with sending people to the white void, things like that. And I thought that line in itself i really hope that they take um the same voice actors if they have Rimurgan and avowed because wouldn't that be that cool that, that would be um, amazing if they do who that was that from critical role was it liam i think who does his voice no what, he's the one who it? does he does aethys never mind i'm thinking of the wrong titan oh yeah yeah, yeah. i think actually i think talison does this aethys um I swear oh yeah you're right um but he's it's it's it, I don't know who does Remergon, but he is one. He's a standout for me of all the the, the voice actors um, who do the the gods. Remergon was excellent. I loved um, uh, Beasts of Winter, but even before then, his the 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 small interaction that you have with him there was amazing. That whole quest yeah. is just delightful, and uh, yeah, he's a great voice actor. Was that really one of yours, Gingerina? Mine is in the same quest line. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get I, to you. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, got... would, I wouldn't mind if he took it because it's a great spot. All right. I agree. hundred percent. That's a, that's a great one. Rim, Rim, what's your second one? Okay. This one's from part one in the, 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 the mega dungeon, the endless paths of, of Adnua. Yeah. There's in like the, the eighth or ninth floor. I don't remember exactly which one you, you, there's it's the one with uh vampires is that how you pronounce it vampire or vampire i always pronounce it vampires but i, I, I did vampire but i always I'll, I'll say vampire i'll say vampire. everything in that game so i i thought it was well first of all just it, their own little spin on on vampires is cool i think yeah. but when you I, when you go into twilight <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you go into the 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 statue of of maros's palm on the um throne is uh, a vampire and after you do a quest for him he explains to you like the whole floor and how him how he uh and his his i guess crew um experimented and and did all this stuff and and how Adnua wanted to you know um help his son blah 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 disease one of the options you have he says you can say that sounds a lot like animancy and he says something like like what? And he like he shrugs and perhaps others have followed in our footsteps or something like that. And I remember thinking like, wow, this guy is is he's ancient and Gwithin. He predates the word animancy and he's just so old. Um, and I don't know. I thought it was really cool, like just lore tidbit 
oh, that, Dude, that's that you like, have this person. Such a moment. Yeah, it's a moment. It was a moment for me, and it was one of the ones that that made me really love. So I remember that because the Iguithans are like they're put up as this archetypal ancient civilization that were super advanced, and but none of them are alive, and yet here you are with one of them, basically. So right it's in front the, of you. it's the last dwarf in Morrowind. Yeah, or yeah, uh, well, or the DLC from Mass Effect with the Prothean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he also says something like um like oh I can't describe the feeling you have when like your 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 hand is decaying in front of you like you could see he he there's a feeling to it because the vampires they decay despite you know it's slower but they still decay because they're they're dead ah uh, it's very very cool I really liked it yeah I'm on board with that one too absolutely love the take on the vampires it's very original and actually it really would make a pretty interesting movie so but uh, I kind of like that it's in the game I'm wondering it makes me wonder like when you were talking about voice actors like um uh the devil was one of my favorites uh just the the voice whenever you hear it it pops in uh, just there's so many voice acting triumphs in that game but it also makes me wonder because a lot of those people are super famous now so and they really weren't i mean they were kind of but they really weren't at the level they're at right now so adair of course and like so are they going to come back i mean do different voices again or it's, or maybe have some flashbacks if it's in the future um I would love it. I would. I think I, I'm sure there's great ones out there still, but they did such a good job of picking people to give life to these words. I just I think it's fantastic. All right, Gingerina, we're going to pop over to you. Um, you you got to tell us one that hasn't been said yet. So you want to say <laughs> okay. two? That's fine. No, that's what, just, what do you I'll got? What do one. you got? It's okay. It's close to Remoran's, but it's a it's a different part of it. Um, so in that same quest line in Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, you uh, help these Animancers because they're trying to figure out teleportation through Audra veins within the world. And you get transported into the White Void, long story short, and you can actually talk to the god Remergon. And this is just the example that I'm using. But my favorite thing, the, like my favorite moments from these games are always these little unexpected dialogue options that lead to whatever outcome that you didn't see coming. And so if you're talking to Remergond, at one point you have the option to basically mouth this god off and just tell him what's what. And of course you think, well, I'm the player character in the game. Nothing bad will happen. So you select the option and Remergond is like, okay. And he wipes you from existence and, <laughs> and you're dead. You're dead. Now you have to reload your previous save and beat that monster all over again, which was yeah. a little frustrating, but at the same time, I was like, I love that. That was those moments happen all the time where you get these like little dialogue options. It's and it so ballsy. To... Nobody else Isn't does it? that. I it's mean, I can't so think good. of another game that does that. I mean, I mean, maybe you could argue that some of the Dark Souls do that. But this was just it kind of leads your mind in one direction. And then you're like, yeah. well, bam. It, makes, it makes you realize that, like, because as gamers, I think we get conditioned to thinking about how invincible our character is sometimes, obviously. But then there are other, there's options sometimes in games like uh, Pillars of Eternity where it's like, I don't actually know where this is going to go. At the end of the game, you can mouth off Aethys and you can demand that you you and this god go toe-to-toe. Like, all right, Aethys, you and me, right now, fisticuffs. We're going to fight. And he's like, I don't really want to do that, man. That doesn't sound <laughs> like a good idea for you. 
And if, if you keep begging him to do it, he does, and he just blinks you out of existence. It's yeah, like great. <laughs> I love those moments. Uh, I love you know Obsidian does that though, right? Like they yeah. have the the dumb options from previous games. I love those. Yeah, I, I wish there I, were dumb uh, options in this one. I also picked the Rebellion option, but it's really nice. Like apart from him and Eothas, the other guys are actually not like they are somehow afraid of killing you, and they won't. But Rebellion is. Rimurgan doesn't give the whole world's gonna unravel one day. Why do you why would you care? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just such a personality to them, right? I mean, to, to I mean, I don't know. It's just it's so cool. Love the love that choice. What, um what were the English in thinking making him? I I wonder if they did the Inguithans make the gods explicitly, or did they just create the gods? And whatever came out of the pot is what came out, right? Well, it's um, interesting because they they seem to have some kind of backstory, and I'm never sure. Like like with the Andras moons and stuff, I'm never sure if that like happened after they were created or it just is it just a made up mythology behind them. I, yeah, that's a good question. I, I actually went into this on the my lore show because there's a book in the second pillars game called The Man Who Would Become Skane. And there is this character named Creatus who Im- basically embodies what the god Skane is all about. But then the question in my mind at the end of it was, okay, is the god Skane actually just this man Creatus? Is he is he now Skane? Or is this man Creatus just one of the souls that they threw into the Skane pot when they made that god? Or did other people like Kratos? Was there just so many like them in that society that Skain was a natural kind of outcome of the apotheosis project? You know, like, I, I don't know how that works. And I don't know if there's actually any hints in the lore for how it, uh, how that actually happens. I don't know, actually, I, 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 that's deeper than I would ever have gotten. So I, maybe it was intentionally uh, left that way, right? Maybe the, those are holes they want to fill in later or they just want to exist, which is a brilliant way to write, you know, to create these holes and leave them there. Yeah, not everything has to be explicitly explained. Which is another great part about these games, too, is like these questions left unanswered and not having good resolutions. I know it was a, a crappy ending, but like Adair's side quest in the first game doesn't really have much of a resolution to it, in my opinion, but I kind of liked that because there was something real about it. And there was like questions you had at the end of like, well, what, what really happened to your bro then? And all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm that, that makes me, I mean, all that, that's what I love about these CRPGs where, or just games, even like, like, uh, elder scrolls where they give these like little hints of things and you make your own conclusions and sometimes in in like other games like they'll they'll kind of expand on it i mean this is a slightly different than what you're talking about but like the fact that they they talk about like skyrim before skyrim ever came out and they kind of detail it in that game they they just give drop little hints about it you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely totally know what you mean with that one i just it's just the the amount of pre-work that goes into that is phenomenal to me and then it makes you kind of wonder that for for like pillars one in the first place like i've always wondered how much of that was in somebody's head 
years and years before they even took the chance with the Kickstarter. You know what I mean? Bef- somebody was like waiting or it was, maybe that someone was Josh, <laughs> you know, had this had this in his head when he was 14. Who knows? You know, I mean, I don't know that he's ever really talked about that. Maybe he has and I just haven't heard it. But um, it, it feels like that kind of a story where it's not just like you. OK, come in at 8 a.m. We'll sit around the table and we'll we'll make shit up. It just doesn't feel like that. So just my take on it. So let's, let's talk about, is there any other ones? I know I, I pressed, uh, you know, a couple of you off for just one, but do you want to, anyone want to throw one out on the table while we're still talking about it or respond to one that's already been said? Um, I know we have tons go for it, please. So I have one that has been mentioned yet, and that's the, uh, the bridge ablaze in the beast of winter expansion for that file. So good. Oh man. It was low hanging fruit. It is blowing in fruit, but it's not been mentioned. I always, love, <laughs> I always love good. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, games are an interactive medium, and you want you know interaction and action and all that sort of thing. But I always lo- love the the ability for games to make a a uh, entirely static tableau that you as the uh, player can walk around in. Like you have that in the start of uh, Dishonored One and Two. And they also have it here, and it's great because you get all these, you get some answers to some of the questions that's been burning in your mind about what happened to Whitewind, what, what, what went down, how, how was that epic confrontation? Yeah, well, now you see it. You see it in free range, but you still see it. Yeah, that's a fantastic choice. Um, I'm surprised I didn't put that on my list either. So I totally agree with you on that one. Um, any other ones anybody wants to throw out? Oh man, I mean, there's so many. I I really Just, like Adair's Adair's um, questline in Pillar, Pillars of Eternity too. Woof woof. Uh, spoiler alert: not his son. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where like I love the 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 conversation he has with him in the end, where he's like, "Well, what am I going to say to Aethys when you know because he didn't go? He he feels like a coward." And 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 Adair says something like like Oh, they 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 have to like." They owe you don't owe anything to them. They owe an explanation to you, and it just. It, it, I think a big theme of of the Poe games is 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 what are these gods and and who are they and and are they like good or bad or blah 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 or it doesn't even matter whether they exist or not. And I feel like his whole conversation with the, his not son is so cool because I think Adair he's following kind of Adair's path where Adair finds out in the end of part one that the gods aren't what he thought they were. And now he's kind of telling him, I, I guess, exp- like, I-, I-, I guess part of it is that Adair, Adair's thoughts are coming, like he's telling him about his own thoughts, but really he's, he, he they owe Adair an explanation. Does that make sense? I feel like it's kind yes. of weird. But. No, I totally get what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the same lines with you there. I just, Adair is one of those that just so much, so many great moments revolve around. And one of the things I loved about Adair is that I felt like he, he manages, he's like comic relief without being the dumb sidekick. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. like uh, his comebacks and some of his lines and everything are so memorable to me. And um, I can't even pull one out of the air right now. But just just even just the dialogue was so entertaining, even though I would I've, as I said, in the companion episode was not my favorite. But um, 
still fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, any other ones that somebody wants to throw on the table? Um, uh, one thing I really like about the game, and I know this might sound like I'm just far reaching, but I, I do, is the, especially in Pillars 1, but it does happen a lot in Pillars 2, is the, the actual maps, the hand-painted maps and all that that the, the characters are running around in. Uh, I found so many like hidden details that were like sketched into the edges of stuff. It, it came to mind when um, was it Kiwi or Parenthesis? You just mentioned the uh, Bridge of Blaze quest. And it was me. It was Parenthesis. <laughs> and I remember looking on the fringes of the the map. You can see Audra roots coming from kind of like outside the map into the space. And yes. I remember thinking, I'm like, why are those there? Wait, what are is, we at? Are that, we is under so the that is and so true. That is so true. It's so crazy. I, I love that. So I started paying attention when I do playthroughs of the game. When you're in Defiance Bay, you can look outside and you can see these like giant walls of Adra holding the city up. And it's just, I don't know. I, I loved a lot of that. Like kind of having those moments woken up when playing the game and then going back and looking through a lot of the things is a lot of details that they put in there that can make you speculate and wonder and they tell stories really good at yeah. environmental storytelling. I, I feel like too, like that whole wide wind, for example, is so cool because he is kind of a character in one. He's, he's part of the lore, the backstory. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't really know whether anything that actually that happened was true. Like you never really get a, a, a very solid answer. As far as I know, whether he was actually, you know, um, uh, the avatar of Aethys until part two and in, and until that 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 bridge quest line you don't really see it and i really like that kind of subtle subtleness to it that was that was that really paid off as well i felt like very vindicated as a poe one through poe two like oh this is what actually happened so glad i paid attention <laughs> <laughs> You know, one thing that makes me wonder when you mentioned that gingerina was like the little touches and stuff, which, you know, I kind of, I guess, took for granted sometimes, but they were just so amazing. And, and we were talking about how the story feels like it had been generated over, you know, a long period of time and not just in one moment um, is like, is, is this going to change now? Because we have a, a studio that's putting like 100 plus employees on, on a title. Uh, that's triple A versus Pillars, which was, you know, not really triple A, let's be honest. And smaller, uh, smaller yeah, as well. and how many were working on it? I think when they started, there was only like 30, maybe. I know they grew a little bit after that, but super small group. And I think sometimes when you have smaller, tighter groups, you can really dig deep on some of that stuff. And I think when you spread, it's like spreading out butter on a toast, you know, the more you yeah. spread it out, the thinner it gets. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with that, actually. When there's a smaller team, you got better cohesion. Like, you can kind of make sure everyone's reaching that same quality. But when it's a big team, yeah, you can't collaborate to have the same level of detail on everything that everyone's working on, right? You'll end up getting, like, what Bethesda does, which is, like, you'll have little funny moments here or there from the person who was working on that dungeon. Yeah. Place, which, you know, that, that works, too. Because, I, I mean, like, to use your buttered toast thing, you know, yeah, you're sp spreading your butter thin all over your toast, but I don't know what you, that's how I butter my toast. I prefer it that way. So right. it, it can, it can work. <laughs> the whole toast tastes pretty good instead of one part of the toast tasting really, really good. <laughs> really good. Depends on how much butter you're putting on. Right. Well, I argue though that New Vegas, New Vegas is a triple A game, right? And I think it does story dialogue. I mean, across the board better than, than Bethesda's, you know, Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. Um, so mm -hmm. I feel like the studio itself, 
you know, I think I think they can they can do it. Although New Vegas is kind of like an outlier, right? Because they took all of the work yeah. that Bethesda had done. There with was their, a lot of there's assets. a lot of assets there that they had beforehand, so they didn't have to do a lot of the groundwork. So I well, think, think that gave this. them. Th- think about this: the I feel like lore wise, there's a lot of groundwork that that was done in Poe one. True, and two, true. You know that, that, that they the, could take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that, uh, and that again goes to the whole debate, which hopefully we'll find out in June is, uh, you know, is it after or is it before? And then, um, you know, still either way they go, that lore that's already been built is going to play into it, you know, um, in a big way. And so uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, just look at your podcast, Ginger, you know, you could pump out forever all the stuff that they <laughs> gave. I mean, really, the, the stuff that they've given so you. so much trepidation for that because I'm like, I can't wait to see all the new lore. Also, I'm going to have to quit my job. <laughs> right. <laughs> going to be great. I love it. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, yeah, that'll be. It'll, I, I, I think you're right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I, I, I still have. I know at the beginning I was I was you know, on my rant, but I, I, I'm still, um, cautiously excited. (laughs) I don't blame you because like, you're right. They're, they're going to have a bigger team. There's new expectations. They've had a lot of success since pillars of eternity one, which is a vastly different game. We've all played pillars of eternity and loved it. And so we're walking into it with these, yeah, this kind of filter and this experience. And it's not going to be, well, it's obviously not going to be like pillars of eternity in any way, because it's a completely different genre and scope and all that, but yeah, yeah. I think I, th- I think yeah. I mean, you, they had what like thirty people on. Uh, they had a small amount of people, especially at the beginning, on uh, grounded as well. And I think they kept a small development group. That was part of their intention, which is why it took them so long to kind of, you know, develop it. But that was one case where they, you know, did the, I think the right thing, and they communicated with their fans and at the very beginning, and and you know this whole trend now of, of, of zipping your lip, it, it isn't working. And there, as much as you, I, and the people who listen to this podcast think every day about avowed, uh, a lot of people don't even remember it. <laughs> a lot of people don't even remember Everwild. A lot of people don't, I mean, so they've lost kind of that momentum, um, which is unfortunate, but I won't get into that. You get me on another soapbox. I don't want to do that. Um, okay. Well, so we'll do a post episode where you can go on. Right. And it'll be a, <laughs> I'll just do Patreon I'll just talk to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon. Um, <laughs> only fans. Here we go. There um, we go. All right, we could do a Vowcast only fans. I'll set it up. You guys ready? Got to make some money. Yep. Yep. I'm just a little overweight. Not a lot. So just yeah, a little. There's a, there's a market out there for that. So uh, thanks for sharing your thoughts, guys, and some of your favorites. Um, we all have lists, like Remarin said, of that uh, go on forever. Um, but I wanted to move on to some people who took the time to post on Reddit. We posted a question where we asked them their favorite, your moment or memory. Um, and other than the people who bashed me for putting spoilers on Reddit, which I got a bunch of those personal DMs. But anyway, um, there are several, it's like, I can't avoid these people. And there, it's just like insane. Um, I will get onto Reddit. I'm like, oh, I got DMs. People like me. No. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, isn't there a better place for this? Anyway, whatever. Uh, okay. Pillars has been out for how long, people? You need to play it if you haven't. So, and if you're on the, I don't know, never mind. So, um, 
Does anybody else have it up on their screen so that I'm not talking all the time? Does anybody want to read one of the ones that was shared? Uh, I'll pull it up. Just give me a second. Yeah, because that would be great. Um, There was actually quite a few. One, I'll say one that that I definitely agree with. uh, And this hit. This is how I got into the game. This this helped me. I know it maybe did for some and didn't for others, but the Gilded Veil. uh Lim- Lumda, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, mentioned that my first entrance to the Gilded Vale, the corpses hanging in the trees like apples in summer, the mysterious music and and the voice of a blonde farmer welcoming you. Totally agree, dude. That was like I knew right then this was gonna be a different game. I knew right then this was a this was more mature, more intellectual. It was just it just was cool. It was just really cool. Um, the tone that was set at the beginning with that, just, just a pretty amazing moment. Um, nothing, so, nothing sets the tone like a bunch of dead bodies in a tree from the town right. that you're going to go live in. <laughs> yes. All yeah. right. This is going to be a good game. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Anybody else want to read one? Uh, I, I recognize the name Claylex is, uh, he listens to my show as well. It's <laughs> the first time he and his party encountered Wix, man, that was fucking scary. Uh, and I totally agree, especially if you dive into the lore of what Wicks are, which is essentially just like, I don't know, desiccated kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's freaking terrifying. I love yeah, the game I agree with that. that one. The game is terrifying when you start reading it more like from far away in the isometric view. It's not scary. But when you actually start to look at the stuff, you're like, this is actually. I, I made that argument with you guys like several episodes ago that this is a horror game. I mean, it you, really people, is. It really is. It's a horror game. I mean, you think about it. It's it's like it's like classical horror, not like, you know, modern Dead Island 2 horror. It's, yeah, this it's not is, a jump scare horror. It's yeah. like you sit and think about it and it gives you an existential crisis. Yeah, kind of like that atmosphere we were talking about on another episode. I, I think it really does a good job with that. Um, and there's this other one. Um, Gengarano, uh, <laughs> something like that. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, dude. You know, don't even say his. His he's he's a pleb. I hate that guy. Uh, yeah, he says uh, at Sacred State during the Poe two class where you teleport through Audra. There's an oh, interaction. Shoot, that's just me. It was actually just me. Well, I feel stupid. And which <laughs> <laughs> happens if you pay? Uh, a mouthy smart ass that I absolutely love. Don't want to spoil the game, whatever. But <laughs> uh yeah, so Gingringigo, that was good. I like that one. Right. Um <laughs> let's see, let's find another one here. Here's right. one from you got one? Uh I'm reading a uh, business it- dragon. Okay. Are you picking you, up the Are you picking all the small ones and leaving the ones that are like essays? Oh, okay. For me? I see how it is. That's how you want to play it. Fine. Let's I think you do one, one gamer thirteen. All right, fine. <laughs> one gamer thirteen is all right. Everyone, sit back. Let me regale you with a tale. One gamer thirteen says, "I will censor spoilers for those who are only getting <sighs> whatever." <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of his favorite moments from Pillars of Eternity when you learn about the nature and the origin of the gods, which for those if you don't know, they were made in a lab somewhere. No, not really. Uh, surprised by the fact that they're artificial creations made by the Inguithans in order to end the numerous holy wars during their time. This explains why they're the, they are the way they are, but also drives home the point and power of animancy, makes you question your fundamental understanding of the setting, 
and many other fantasy settings just have gods that do or represent stuff. And that's as far as it goes with you just being expected to accept and move on. Okay, I, I'm going to stop reading here because I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. The the re- revelation of the gods being made artificial made me want to replay the game. And I saw the narrative from a whole different point of view. I don't know about you guys. It was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, these aren't real. Like, these churches are almost false in a sense. Like, you look at all the crumbling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and- like the second the second playthrough is just so rewarding. Almost more so maybe than the first, and- I think. It's, right? I don't know if they're only like or are false. They do exist after they're created, but I mean, yeah. it's true. But it's, it's a good point that they like that you've been explained how they came about. But you, in some other cases, they, there could be some, you know, this like metaphysical stuff, type of stuff behind it, maybe not explicitly explained, but um, it's better than something like D&D where things that's just are it, it, to me it makes you think like w- these gods like you know through the first playthrough you're like oh these gods these gods but after the second playthrough if you know that they're that, that they're not real to me it makes them feel like cr- less gods and more like creatures or or like a twisted versions of intent like if you do that that whale quest line where where he wants you to throw away or bury or whatever <laughs> yeah. the, the scroll. It makes you like, oh, he's just obsessed with being like secrety or, you know, mysteries and stuff. <laughs> you can't so, put Wow <laughs> in a box. He doesn't, I don't think even he knows why he does things. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's my favorite. I mean, for me, the revelation of the gods of synthetic kind of recontextualizes their position in, in, in the setting because. If if they are real, then you can just say, well, the 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 order as the cosmos is 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 wrong. But if you understand that they're just synthetic creations by man, then it's not like, well, who who gave you the authority to do what you're doing? You're just uh, just I mean, did it anyways. You're basically well, just a very powerful institution, and most of what you can say is that do it or I will all strike you with a lightning bolt, and that's just the old power comes from the barrel of a gun argument. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny that they wanted to avoid holy wars and they ended up just making more anyways except this time with like actual gods sort of <laughs> i mean this is this is met going a little bit meta but if you think about it it doesn't matter who it is or even what it is it doesn't have to be a god like people oh, yeah. kill in the name of wodica right but they also kill in the name of the dozen right who, yep. who killed um who who killed aethis to them the to the dozen then they they are gods in it a, doesn't in a even way. have they're to be doing gods. Intent. It could be it could be political affiliations. Even people mm-hmm. will kill for you know democracy or communism equally. So you know, so it's just w- whatever you believe in enough to kill someone over yeah. is what we'll do. I have to do. point out that uh, the Ingwithans as gods, like they they claim that they found nothing out there, but who knows? Maybe there is out. There might something be. out there, but they just didn't find it, and they uh, yeah, I think a bunch of souls that. together and became very strong beings. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like I kind of felt like after I learned that the gods were artificial, it made them seem less gaudy and less powerful. Um, but then, like one gamer thirteen, he goes on and talks about how like, but these things are still like super strong, and they can just wipe you out in an instant, and they're actually terrifying. He goes on to talk about um, 
the horrifying lore information such as all godlike being an emergency soul supply for their respective gods. Which I don't know if you guys know about that. Godlike are basically just backup batteries yeah. for the gods if they get hungry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the way Remurgan treats what's what's his name inside Beast of Winter, the uh, the companion. Yeah. Oh man, it's just really bad. It's terrifying to think about. So these things, like they're not really gods, but they kind of also are. Well, the, it's uh, it's the problem or the issue. I mean, no, not the problem, but uh, just a basic feature of polytheistic religions where they are not actually like unkillable or. They they have a hierarchy and they can be killed and created and so this it all usually also means that there is something out there on the background that is even beyond their control. So I'm going to move on to another one. Um, this one I just I I looked at while you guys were, were talking there for a second and it, and it hit something in my head. This was from Justin. Um, that says the blood legacy quest when I did it the first time. The idea of slowly uncovering a hidden plot was awesome, especially since you knew something had to be going on from the moment you stepped into town. Um, yeah, blood legacy uh, definitely rings true in my mind. I'm curious, did you guys remember that quest line, right? Did you, uh, how did you guys uh, end that quest line? Do you remember? I didn't sacrifice anyone. <laughs> you didn't? I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't You're just because a I nice Canadian. Well, the, well, no. The thing is, is like I wanted to finish everyone's quest lines, and at that point, I think I'd only finished two, but they were both characters I didn't want to get rid of. So I just never, never sacrificed anyone. And then I think I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know if I just forgot to go back or if the option locks out after you say no to it. Uh, I don't know. It was a gamey um, reason. It wasn't a narrative or a role playing. I just like, no, I want to finish the quest line for Horavius before I kill him. You well, know, my, I, <laughs> I had the grieving mother with me, if I remember right. And I think she undid the ritual. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, I might have done that by accident. So too. that might have been what it, I don't know. It might have been uh, what had happened. But uh, anybody else remember that quest and do something different? I mean, he. I told you guys this story before, but I didn't even know that you could sacrifice someone in that blood pit until my like third playthrough with my, my Bleak Walker Paladin playthrough because my you have to have a certain amount of cruel right. um, to, to get it. And then, you know, I chose Adair because I love Adair. And the only reason why he was in my party was because I love Adair and not because my Bleak Walker Paladin would have him in there. So it was oh, it was pretty so terrible. You had to get rid of him. Yeah, monster. And then he had an empty seat in Pillars of Eternity too. I know it was so bad. <laughs> I seriously, it brought it. That's what I love about these games, man. That's hilarious. It I is good. That. Like it, you have a sense, like the decisions matter to mm -hmm. some degree, or like the things that you do. Um, actually, like that's a good segue to Nito underscore sixteen's comment. Uh, they say oh, the one that sticks out from their head is the oh, yeah. March 2. This one's good. Oh, I, I like that comment. Go on. Yeah. The whole scripted sequence of fighting the Kraken. So this is the end of White March uh, DLC part two. Uh, and taking the hammer to the core. Um, so he had, I'm just, I, I misread this line here. He had his first character take Abaddon's hammer because it felt right. So he basically is sacrificing his uh, first character there. And he, 
for those who haven't played White March DLC, well, I'm about to spoil it for you. At the end of the <laughs> DLC, you have the option to st- basically save the world or whatever. You get to you get to do the good thing, but you're going to die in the process. So here here he is smashing the hammer. The washer is swinging away when the whole thing collapses. She's hopelessly drowning, and out of nowhere, the Pargrinan souls that formed uh, in the awakened Lagwafith drag her out of the water in thanks. And so your the character ended up surviving, and I'll. And that just kind of like points out to what we're talking about decisions in these games matter, like the, the choices you make, the people you save, the relationships your character forms come back in some way. Yeah. And he and he or she says uh, uh, they love that because it was a nice reward for my leap of faith, which I think happened, which I think the game puts both games put you in. And and of course, the DLC put you in those situations many times where you do kind of have to take a leap of faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's genius as far as game design. I mean, Especially how many when games they do pay that? off in some places and then they don't in others. Yes, like there are exactly. Certain places, it's, it's real life. Like that's how it would work. Exactly. That's I love that. That that's that's design genius. That also is a concern I have about Avowed is that it might get diluted into uh, a Disney-esque style of writing. Everything has a nice bow on it, and I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it's still mature. I hope it's still gritty and lifelike, like you said, and that you're given choices where you you could die, you know, or or something happens. I mean, not necessarily in that situation. That's a good one. I like that post. Um, Let's see what else we have. We have... Business Dragon, who says uh, a hill giant or something who robs people. This is in Pillars of Eternity 1. A hill giant or something who robs people because he literally doesn't know any other way to survive to get food. You can kill him, but you can also you get the option to recruit him and he counts the same as 10 guards. Oh, yeah. It's the ogre. Yeah. What did you guys think of that one? Do you do you agree with uh, Business Dragon there? I love those kind of those little stories, those tiny narratives yeah. of you taking this ugly, bad thing and making it redeeming its life, uh, giving it something new yeah. to live for. It's basically. Yeah. Uh, sorry for interrupting you. No, go do interrupt me more. I like it. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> it's, okay. it's all go. right. It keep go. I forgot what I was saying. No, yeah, <laughs> I distracted him with his telling him I like it. Well, he goes. He goes on to say, uh, for he really liked imagining how different his life would be after that, which is another thing that they do to manipulate the player. I mean, isn't that what it is, really? And and I and I like the manipulation and your thought process, and it kind of pushes you into these 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 areas where you're thinking, oh well, what if? Or um, and kind of makes you for certain quests, go back and do different things because you really want to know how the ripple effect will be down the road, right? Yeah, basically, whatever style you chose to play, they pull the rug under your feet at some points, and then you're forced to play again. Yeah, I I love that one. Um, I don't know if you read the comment under Business Dragons. I want to know, do you guys do this or not? Um, Nito16 says that uh, in the Battle of Yenwood, they would reload the save as many times as possible to make sure that this uh, hill giant survives. <laughs> do you, that's do you awesome. guys do that when you play pillars? Do you guys like, nope, that's unacceptable. Reload. I'll do it again. Or do you, uh, <laughs> I, kept reload. 
I get reloading until I beat the battle. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. Yeah, I think we all do that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, with an RPG, it's like, you kind of You kind of have to. With the CRPG, you do that a lot, you know? I mean, it's not I that get. you're trying to spam save, so you, you know, it's just that you... Oh, no. It is for me. I'm like, nope, this person's not allowed to die. Consequences like, be damned. It, it, it's like I'm reading a choose your own adventure book, right? It's like I, choose your own adventure. Yeah. You, pick, you pick a different choice, so... I like having the option to, you know, how they have some difficulties where it's like you, you can only save at certain times or things like that. I like, like, because I usually would save scum all the time. Um, yeah. And same. if I wanted to do an, a playthrough where there, th- th- where it's impossible, I like that, that when a company adds sort of mechanics to, to help with it. Because I can't help myself. If, if something happens that I didn't like, I will reload. Yeah, same. A hundred times I will. That's that's like the discussion around, you know, should you give players the option for lower difficulty or immortality? It's like, yes and no, because, you know, it's up to you to accept those. But I think a lot of gamers just, if the option's there, they'll take it, even though it will ruin it for them. Yeah, I, absolutely. I definitely save scum, and I'm sure it has ruined my experiences a few times, but whatever, I'll still do it shamelessly. Yeah, I mean, those that highlights most of the comments that were made. Thanks, you guys, for posting in there. It's it's always, uh, I mean, Reddit, no matter any time you post in Reddit, you're asking for it. So I appreciate you taking the risk and and putting your putting your stuff out there. Some really good posts. I really liked them. They were, uh, I mean, they really put some thought into them. Thanks uh, to those who actually put the spoiler things up so people could avoid those. That's, yeah. That's, I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, that's, I mean. It's who's the who's the asshole who wanted to ask for spoilers in the first place? I mean, <laughs> such hey, a you, dumb thing to do on Reddit. Ask for spoilers. That's fine. It's the, <laughs> the people game. who post the spoilers without covering it up. Those are the people that uh, <laughs> they just need to work on their character a little bit. Is what I'm gonna say. The game was released 12 years ago. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But to be fair, the game was released 12 years ago, but not oh everyone gosh. recognized the game. Now that Avowed is coming out, there's more people I mean, paying attention. So new audience. I want to respect. Guys, the did new you audience. see that? That did. Speaking of that, did you see that Phil Spencer was playing Pillars of Eternity? He. I, I don't know if you know this, but you can like just open up his uh, his uh, gamer tag on Xbox, and you're able to see what he's playing. And no. He's playing Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. Is he uh, so how long has he been? Soul? Um, was it tracks your PC, I think, as well. No, it tracks PC. Cool. He was playing the Microsoft oh, okay. Store edition. I was going to say, yeah, good luck with the... Yeah. Okay, so okay. question about this. Has he been playing a lot of Pillars of Eternity or just a little bit? I don't know. I think somebody spotted... I, I don't look at his gamer tag all that much, but he probably uh, somebody spotted a, He probably has a secretary and she has a list of games. Oh, I guess I got I got to show uh, them. No fun. I, 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 <laughs> I hope that's not what it is. I hope that's not what it is. I hope that's not. I feel like In my head, I was. I saw that too, and I'm wondering, like, why is he playing Pillars of Eternity now? It's a near... It's like a... Well, almost a decade. <gasps> Did he learn something about Avowed and it made yes. him want to play Pillars yeah. of Eternity? You know what oh it was? He was, like, he was like, you know... We're going to announce, we're going to show this gameplay trailer in June. So I feel like I should get to know the world that this game takes maybe, place in. That's what happened, maybe, That's what happened or, in my head. Or maybe he was like, oh, you know, my favorite podcast, Avowed Cast. I'm really going to mess with the guys on that show. Yes. I'm just going <laughs> to play this game yeah, for a month. And that, see that, that Sora. Yeah, I'm going to totally, yeah, mess with him. <laughs> you know, um, Phil listens to us. He's a, big, he's a big fan of the show. Hi, Phil. How you doing? Yeah, thanks for listening to us while you walk your dog on Sunday. I appreciate it. That's really cool. Um, yeah, so that, those are great comments. Appreciate it. We're going to move on because we've already been long today. Sorry about that. I, I've, I was just scanning, skimming through some of the emails. 
Um, I am going to, I promise, some people did ask this, if we would just do an episode where we address emails. We tried to do, we kind of did that with one of them, but we, uh, I don't know, I got on a rant again, and those are a pain in the ass. But yeah, how much um, time you guys got? We could just do it now and split the episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the, I know. I want to go. Some of these need to be filtered. Let's put That's it that fair. way. Okay. Read one um, of the read one of the Sora hate mails, though. I really want to. Mm, <laughs> um, my favorite. I delete those when I get. Them. <laughs> oh, forward them so, to me first. I want to yeah. hear the. This is one of the more exciting, but also the more disappointing parts of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. So anyway, I got two here. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. One is interesting. Um, this is from Joe Ollie. Um, and it says, uh, will, uh, will Game Pass encourage developers to trim content off their day one release and offer it later as DLC? I've said this before. Offer it later as DLC or an expansion to make more of a profit since DLCs are not part of Game Pass. And will this affect Avowed? I think he, totally, he put the yeah. last question on there just to, just I would to make say, it Avowdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to entice in the sense of like it's going to compel developers to. It'll still be their choice. But that incentive is definitely going to be there. And I could see some development studios saying, yeah, we're going to purposely do that because we need to make some more money on top of what we already got. So, yeah, I, I think that's going to happen on plenty of game studios. As for Obsidian, I don't know. I don't I don't get the sense from them that they're the type to like pull content out just for the sake of extra profits um but who knows i mean maybe Hmm. i don't know i think i think that uh i definitely think some companies will do that i definitely think there's when you're when you're making your profit from a a subscription service and then the company i mean i know you're giving a cut to the companies i don't even know how that works business wise if if they like have worked three or four years and then they just decide to hack off the last Who year and, and add that, uh, you know, three months down the road. I mean, and some of that will come out of the wash. That's the problem with corporate America. I mean, eventually somebody's going to talk if that does happen. And, but I don't know that there's any proof that that has happened, that people have sacrificed content so they can make more money on the tail end, if that's what you're saying, I don't know if people have been doing it yet, but I can see it becoming like industry practice pretty soon where a game development studio is like, we finished our game, um, we have some spare time before release, like let's start developing DLC or like let's take some of these pieces out so that we can sell DLC later. True. Now, I will say this about Outer Worlds is that I don't feel that the DLC is tacked on on those. I think there's a lot of thought put into the DLC that the game itself felt like a full game to me. It didn't feel like it was hacked up at all. Yeah, um, same here. So I don't think that's kind of if anybody does it, I think Obsidian would be the last to do it. Yeah, they like to have full and complete stories, so I don't see them yeah, doing that. Well, they're narratives, right? I mean, even even Outer Worlds, it's a narrative, so they're they're going to have a conclusion to that, and maybe you cut out a dungeon here or a dungeon there. I mean, that's possible, I guess, but yeah. uh, I don't see it happening for Avowed. Okay, here's another one. This will be the last one, and then I promise we'll have the the episode where we do it all. Um, this I love. I'm saying that I'm reading yours, by the way, whoever this is, because I don't know if they're a Star Trek fan or not, but I think they might be. And if you're a Star Trek fan, you'll get this. But it says Mookie's my mom. That's the username. <laughs> Anybody know who Mookie is in Star Trek? No, uh, but the name is funny. The uh, the mother of uh, 
of Nagan. No, it's 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 Rom and uh, yes. What's what's his okay. name? It's Quark. Deep Space. Yeah, Deep Space Nine. Their mother's Ishka. called Mookie. Right. Anyway, anyway, Mookie's my mom has a question, and it says, "Is it possible that they make avowed non-moddable?" Yes. Uh, We're also going to allow the microtransactions. Uh, so there's, you can get bunny, there's a lot of get, things that are possible. You can get bunny ears like you do in uh, in uh, that shooter that you play. So, so I think it'll be. I think it'll be moddable. Yeah, I, I think mean, it'll be moddable. Why would they? Why would they gate that? Yeah. But what if they had now that's moddable? I mean, to the extent of like a Skyrim. I, don't I mean, think, oh, I'm pretty sure I you can mod. Man, I don't think, to be fair, I don't think many games are moddable like Skyrim is moddable. You know what I mean? Well, they released the creation set with the game, so that, yeah. so you know, so yeah, I don't think just, I don't think they'll. Easier, yeah, but you anyone can. I'm people can mod games. You get people out there that have the talent and the ability. They can mod anything they try hard enough. But isn't it harder now to mod because games used to be full installs on your hard drive, right? And you would play them off of that. Now it's getting to the point where it's like maybe 50% on your hard drive. Some of it's online. Sometimes it's all online. Are they, they're not going to allow you to mod an online. I guess they could do that. They could well, install it on your there hard are drive. Ways, there are ways to do it because I know there's some... I think I've heard of people doing it with Fallout 76. They find ways to turn the offline mode off or something. I don't know how they do it. Interesting. But there are ways, but that, yeah, that would um, discourage it for sure. Yeah, but um, it's also what kind of game we're talking about. About mm-hmm. is a single player game, and while Obsidian may not may explicitly release modding tools and modding practices, uh, I don't think they are going to do anything that will make it, the life of modders harder. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's on their radar is what it is because I'm on Nexus mods now just looking up and all of the Obsidian games have an array of mods. I mean, the Outer Worlds mm-hmm. got 140 available. On what? Nexus. Are yeah, you kidding me? Yeah. Pillars of Eternity has quite is a there an, well. Is there a nude mod? I don't want to see a nude mod for well, that. I one. don't know. A lot of mods are pretty useless sometimes. Like not all of them, obviously, but sometimes you get mods that are for one very tiny specific thing, which was very clearly just for that person. But I mean... Obviously, they make games that people can mod. I guess it just depends on if people will. So I think that'll probably be the, the same of Avowed. They're not going to stop it, but they're not going to. You're right. Make I'm it looking easier. at. I'm looking at Nexus now, and they have like grounded. They have a, uh, in, I even have a tool that makes your modding experience more enjoyable. Is the way they say it. Um, it's ground. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yep. Okay, so yeah, I guess I guess it can happen, Mookie, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe it's something they do day one. Maybe it's not. I would. My gut is saying no. Day one, it's not going to be moddable, but people might find a way to do it. I don't know that it's going to be Obsidian encouraged. Is what I'm saying. If it's if it's going to be uh, actual uh, out, uh, open world game, then I guess it will will be. Otherwise, if it's more of a narrative focus, like I don't see the point. Yeah, God help us if they make like a, a deathmatch mode or something. If it's narrative, sometimes that's where you get most of the mods because people get really into their role play, but they're like, oh, this option doesn't exist for my character. I'm going to make it myself. Wow. Like... I want to play a monk order of nudists. <laughs> oh, my God. It's called fan fiction. That's yeah, it. fan take, fiction. Take, yeah. take mortification of the flesh to a whole new level there. Anybody? Oh, no. 
<laughs> what? That's what the monks in Aeor are all about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? You like pain. Mm-hmm. Give me more it's of that pain. The, the... <laughs> it's for a good reason, I promise. Yeah. Yes, my monk only bears leather. <laughs> nice. Um, moving on. Uh... <laughs> That's our that's our show for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Let's see what everybody's uh, up to um, and where they can find you. Gingerino, what do you got going on that you want to share with people who are listening? Uh, Pillars of Eternity, blah, blah, blah. Vow, blah, blah, blah. Lore, blah, blah, blah. If you like any of that stuff, you can listen to my show, The World of Aura. <laughs> there you go. It's Lots of Lord. spoilers on that show, by the way. Yeah. There's, I like, do occasionally it, throw some. That there. show is a spoilers. Yeah, it's right? nothing but spoilers. Yeah, yeah, it's called the the spoilers world spoilers of spoilers Aora spoilers. Right, is the right. full title. <laughs> spoiling about day one. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bre- beat the whole game in one sitting, and I'm gonna spoil it for everybody. Oh my gosh! But no, no for real. If you want, if you want to learn the lore of the world, lore I have a of the world, and it's it's outstanding. We always sing your praises, and rightly so. You you keep it going, and I I think that's awesome. Thank um, you, my what about uh, Kiwi? How how do how can people find you? Do you want them to find you? What what what's going on with you? They are able to find me, but I'm helping. Good. It's a it's now a challenge to everyone listening. Um, parenthesis. What about you? Uh, you know, I did have a uh, parenthesis. I for some reason your recent uh, you've been doing some recent um, streams, and I keep missing them. Do you have a archive of those anywhere? Like, can I go back and watch ones you've already done? Because I looked and I couldn't find ones you finished. Does it save them to uh, Twitch? No, Twitch. but I have a local copy and I need to uh, make myself a, a second uh, YouTube channel and put them up there. Yeah, because li- I would love to. And I just yeah. like, I, oh, crap, I get a note on my phone and I'm like out doing something and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to watch it. But so anyway, tell people where they can find find you on Twitch and stuff. Yeah, well, I stream some games on Twitch, mostly uh, narrative games. And if you don't have voice acting, I'll do my best to narrate them. You can find me on Twitch under the handle command objective. That is command as something you give to another and objective as yeah, well, uh, something you're going towards. Excellent. And uh, we will uh, end with our, our other guest today, who's kind of risen to a new level. Um, and we're, we are all kind of, you know, underneath at this point. But I, And I can't pay you, Remoran. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I know that you kind of, you're... You're now AAA, and we're kind of still 1A down here. But anyway, I'm giving him a hard time because Rimmerin was recently on the um, Gamertag Radio podcast where Paris Lilly um, had people call in and would ask questions about uh, the current state of the industry, Xbox in general. You were the last one to speak to him. I think you're like an hour in on the podcast. So congratulations on making it on that one. And you had a great question. It was really good banter. I think you guys should listen to it. Um, uh, and what are, where can people find you? I'm at Sir Remoran on Twitter. I haven't been posting much. I've been I, it, I've just been commenting and liking uh, reactions to Star Trek's uh, Picard season three. So <laughs> have you finished it? Anything. Yes, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, now, did you watch season one and two? I did. I did. Okay, um, I apologize I'm, for that. I'm very optimistic, though. I liked now. I didn't love. I liked season one and two. I, I like seeing uh, 
characters from like the the old show i i like seeing where they are now i don't think everything was super like well done but season three was perfect season three was uh a fan an homage to the fans it was definitely Mm -hmm. made for the fans it was uh it was it was pretty awesome i will tell you i liked all three three seasons um, but the, uh, there's one character on there that I know everybody loves. So I'll get more hate mail on this, but it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. I just couldn't stand her in season two. Can you guess who it was? A uh, Jurati. No. no. Who? Uh, Rafi. What? Yes. I, oh, I, I disagree. It's your favorite, isn't it? Uh, not my favorite, but, <laughs> but I disagree. <laughs> Just so over the top emotional all the time. I mean, <laughs> well, dude. you know, they, there's rumors that they're they're doing uh, Star Trek Legacy, you know, yeah. another spinoff, and she would be in it. So that would be unfortunate for you. Uh, it's fine. I she was in season three, and she actually was a little better in season three. They kind of put her with uh, Worf, and they kind of paired well together. So mm-hmm. uh, love that season. Good good call out there. So anyway, for us, you can find us sometimes on t- uh, Twitter at Avowedcast. We also have vodcast.com website where we basically just post updates on episodes. And then um, you can email us, uh, vodcast at gmail.com. Send them away, my friends. Just, just actually, I, I've been getting more. I, I say that, but I, I get uh, 80% of them are really nice comment, uh, to be honest, emails. It's the 20% that I could do without. But 80% of them are really good. And I appreciate you guys for supporting us. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for three, three years now, three and a half or something like that. And based off of a 30 second uh, trailer. Has it really been that long? Yeah, we started in 2020. Yeah. I mean, right after the the thing, I started it. And uh, And people are still listening to us. What's wrong with you? We've actually gotten more (laughs) listeners. I know it's kind of (laughs) crazy. So I do want to mention this to our listeners. We, I am planning to do a live watch of the uh, ex, uh, expo. I don't know what they call it. The game showcase. Uh, it's in June. It's uh, Microsoft. I'm going to do a live reaction to that. Of course, anybody of my panel here that can join me at that time as well. I'm, I'm almost, uh, I'm, I'm very confident that there's going to be something. Uh-oh. I don't think they, I, I know I'm an idiot. Yes. Why, why I'm an idiot, but uh, you know what? I'm How? calling you out here. This I know okay. this, it's going to happen. Want us, if Phil didn't want us to think, if Phil didn't want us to think that they weren't going to show anything, he shouldn't have been playing. Pokemon. He shouldn't have played. Phil. Is it, this is Phil's fault. Way to go, Phil. I know you're listening. <laughs> I know we kind of ragged on Phil today. I feel bad about that, but that's all right. No, we you're still good. love you as a person, but you know, you yeah, he's a good dude. For their thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, thanks for listening today, guys, and we'll. Try to get one, churn one out next month. Uh, Our goal is when we start to get more news, we'll have more podcasts. And I don't want to waste your time. So thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your April, which is like a day, right? (laughs) Enjoy the last day of April. Yeah. (laughs) This will probably come out in May, but who cares? Anyway. Enjoy the rest of May, nerds. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Why would I believe? Or hell, even think the Watcher himself could be interested in me. Wanted it desperately, yes. But hoped? I'm almost afraid to believe it. That you would want me just as much and fierce. But darned if it doesn't make me so very...
very happy.